take your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, as we're going to focus on verses 12 through the end of the chapter. However, there are a lot of verses here and a lot of great things that the Apostle Paul has to say to the church. But we're going to focus on four verses in particular right in the heart of this text that really have a strong message that I want to convey to you and to even to myself this morning as a, ch- excuse me, as a church. And as we look at this text of Scripture, the title of the sermon is, What Goes Around Comes Around. And normally that has kind of a negative connotation. You know, if you do bad, you should expect bad. But really when you think about it, it really says whatever it is that you feed, that's what you're going to expect. You can expect that if you give attention to negativity, the negativity will come. If you give room for the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit will move. And what goes around comes around. It's sort of like a fan that went to a a baseball game, a Phillies baseball game not that long ago, and he walks up to the gate, and he's there, got his ticket in hand, and he's a Philadelphia Phillies fan, and he's set ready to watch them play the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he walks up with his emotional support alligator. He's got it on a leash, has a harness around it, has paperwork saying that this is his emotional support animal and that the ball club says that if you have an emotional support animal, that that animal is allowed into the park. Well, he was met with a lot of resistance trying to get in with his emotional support alligator, which he calls Wally Gator. And Wally Gator apparently has a pretty big following on Instagram if you want to look him up after the service is over. You may want to be uh, you know, a fan of Wally Gator. But anyway, Wally has a lot of fans and is pretty popular, but the policy says that it only can be a certain kind of animal to be an emotional support animal to be let into the park. Well, the guy that owns it says... That Wally Gator loves to give hugs, and he's never bitten anybody. Now look, if you raise an alligator, I don't care what you feed it, I don't care what you call it, and I don't care how you dress it up. At some point, that alligator is going to bite somebody, and nobody wants to be the first crunch, right? If you do something in life, you know what to expect. And if you have an alligator around you, you can expect that at some point it's going to act like an alligator. And at some point, certain things in our life are going to bring about the expected result. That's what the meeting in the air is all about. Our relationship with Jesus promises us hope in the face of the second coming of Jesus. We have nothing to fear. We have everything to look forward to and to look forward to meeting our loved ones in the air. However, if you're outside of the family of God and don't have a relationship with Christ, you know what to expect. The Bible says that there is coming judgment and you're going to have to give an account of your life and stand before a perfectly holy God without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so in this text of Scripture, as we look forward to 2 Thessalonians next week, This text, Paul kind of ties up the loose ends. But it's more than just a goodbye, thank you for reading this letter. 
kind of passage of Scripture. In fact, it speaks volumes to us of where we are right now in the life of our church. If you found 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're only going to read the four verses right in the middle of this text, so you can stand with me as we read those four brief verses. Beginning in verse 16, Paul writes to the church and he says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And do not quench the Spirit. Let's pray together. Father, as you prepare us to hear from your word today, Lord, we give our time, our attention, every ounce of energy that we have in these moments to hearing from your Holy Spirit. God, may you speak clearly to us as a church. May you bring us together in unity in all things that you've called us to do and to be. And Father, may we be willing to be led by you, your Holy Spirit, all for the glory of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. What goes around comes around. And Paul says you know what to expect. If you feed a certain thing, that's what you're going to expect to receive. And so in these four passages, these four verses in this text, he tells us exactly what to pay attention to. He tells us exactly what we can expect if we do what God has called us to do. The first one I want you to notice in verse 16, he says, very simply, rejoice always. Now look, if you're looking for Bible verses to memorize, this would be a good one to start with. Rejoice always. You think about rejoicing always. You think about your life and just replay, rewind the, the moments of your life just over the last year, over the last five years, over the last ten years. And you think, have I rejoiced always? Not everything is worthy, we think, of rejoicing over. And sometimes it's a struggle to find something to rejoice in. But Paul says, listen, there are always things to rejoice about. Think about the life of our church, which is what I want to focus on in this message today. Think about the life of our church. Just over the last ten and a half months, we have seen 16 people baptized. We've had seven additional people join our church by statement or letter. 23 people have joined our church just over the last 10 months that have either given their life to Christ and professed their faith and trust in Jesus or have said, you know, I've been visiting this church and this is where I want my church home to be. Church, we have seen uh, Bible study numbers increase. We've seen our worship uh, increase. We've seen connections with new families and new faces. We have seen people come back and we've seen people that have, have been a part of what God is doing in the life of this church. It wasn't that long ago where there were some tough days ahead of Columbia Baptist Church. And God has been moving. God has been working through the power of His Holy Spirit. It has everything to do with Him and nothing to do with any of us. 
Thanks be to God that we can rejoice always when we see how the hand of God is using the life of our church. We've had people that have given time and attention and money and energy to lots of different things. We had folks that were a part of downtown days. We have folks that are going to be a part of our treats on the town this Tuesday at 6 o'clock. We've got, had people that have gone on mission trips. We've had a great vacation Bible school this past summer. We had block parties in different areas of, of the community, and we had people come just to, just to interact with these new faces and these families trying to live out the life of Christ in our community. And when we look back just over the last several months, even the last 10 months, we have a lot as a church to rejoice about. Do we have things as a church? Do you have things as a family or even as an individual that are difficult to rejoice over? Sometimes we stumble, sometimes we get frustrated, sometimes that things just don't seem to mesh together. We all face those moments. But doesn't mean that in the face of those moments that we are allowed not to rejoice. It's not a pass, it's not a rejoice-free card where we can just say, hey God, this isn't going well, so I'm choosing not to rejoice over that. Paul says rejoice always, in every circumstance, in all things, and because of all things, because we know that God works all things together for good for those who love Him. All of the good, all of the frustration, all of the confusion, all of the question marks, all of the exclamation points, and everything in between, Paul says rejoice always. It's difficult sometimes, but there are so many things to be thankful for, so many things to rejoice over. There's one that I mention all the time. It's one of my favorite healthy church characteristics, and that is how long it takes people to get out of the building once something is officially over. I love that. Sometimes it's 30 or 45 minutes before people are at least out in the parking lot and sometimes they're not done then, you know, then, then, then the, the party moves to cars and then to Dairy Queen or whatever. But, but I just love to see how folks just fellowship, get to know each other, connect with God, connect with one another, share their hearts. I've, I've not eavesdropped, but I, I hear conversations when people are just sharing, this is going on in my life and I need prayer, I need support. Listen, I rejoice over that. Not because anybody's having a difficult time or feeling frustration, but because they have the connection with each other to say, I need prayer for this. Church, that's what we need to rejoice about. Those are all things that we can celebrate and thank God that He is doing. He says rejoice always, even if you don't feel like it. I added that commentary rejoice always verse 16 the second one he says in verse 17 pray without ceasing now this doesn't mean that we walk around in the posture of prayer with our heads bowed and our eyes closed though it seems like some people drive that way but it, it's not that posture of prayer that we are to keep at all times but rather the spirit of prayer this ever constant 
always, never ceasing, never ending, always consistent connection with God, in which we're always in a spirit of prayer where we whisper prayers to God, where we think and, and, and interact with the Lord in our heart and through our spirit and just connect with the Lord all day, every day, without ceasing. I know if you're really honest, besides when you say fine, shake somebody's hand and smile at church, I know that most of the time, many of us have at least one thing that's not picture perfect in our life. Something that we need prayer for, something that we're praying about. It could be a family issue, it could be a, a project the family is doing, it could be something going on at work, it could be a relationship that's just not quite where it ought to be, it could be a sense of, of loneliness or feeling self-defeated, it could be a number of things. The Bible says pray without ceasing. If you have an ever-going flow of challenges and difficulties in your life, then use that never-ending connection that you have with God to share those things with Him. Pray without ceasing. Again, I shared with you that in this message today, I want to reflect on the life of our church. And last Sunday night, we had our family meeting. And our building team has shared some updates over the last few family meetings of just where things are and some many of you have asked and many of you have attended some of those and 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 we see how much money has been given and there are plans and different drawings conceptual drawings that are up in the welcome center and people have asked and want to know you know how things are going i meet other pastors and other church hey how are things going with the with the new building plans well, Sunday night, we shared some of the, the plans because three and a half years ago, when all of that started, the building team felt as though that God was leading us to have three different aspects of one big project. We finally got all those drawings done, state approved, and sent them out for bid, and one aspect of the building plan came back with a completed bid. Can I just say there was sticker shock? There was a little bit of, eh. And it wasn't one of those rejoice always kinds of moments. But it was definitely a pray without ceasing. Because what is the solution whenever things just seem to happen in such a way where it just doesn't seem to go the way that you anticipate, you pray without ceasing? You pray so faithfully and you say, God, don't understand all that's going on, and, and Lord, we really just thought that it would be this way, and it seems to be going that way. Lord, would you just put it all together? Monday, I had a great time of prayer with the Lord about it all, and Tuesday morning came to our men's prayer breakfast, and Matt Jackson shared our devotion that morning, and he reflected on a number of things, and one of the things that he shared about was a song that we sang last Sunday. This is amazing grace. And one of the lines that he mentioned is in that song is that he takes our chaos and puts our chaos back into order. And reflected for just a minute about how personally our chaos just seems to blow everything all over the room, but God and his sovereignty just seems 
to put it all back together in our lives and our families and even in our church. In that moment, as we were talking about that and reflecting on that, Alfie spoke up and he said, you know, I want to say something about our building program. I thought, oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> but then he said, isn't it amazing how when it's God's plan, everything will come together in his time, with his money, in his way, when he's ready you know god brings our chaos back into order at times that we feel as though things are just all over the place nothing is outside of the hands of god church that's what we need to be in prayer about everything without ceasing good news challenging news question marks exclamation points listen we don't just pray when things are wonderful we ought to fall on our face before god together when we feel as though there may be a sense of chaos and let god be the one to bring us back to order let god be the one to bring us back to prayer let god be the one that puts us on our face on our knees before him saying god in your will in your way in your time Paul says, pray without ceasing. Thirdly, he says, give thanks in all circumstances. You know, just reflecting on our building plan for just a, a few more moments. When you think about giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, I think back to four years ago. And I think back to our pre-COVID days and seeing new faces and families and the church just getting healthier and all of these things I reflected on. And of course, COVID threw some things out of whack, but thanks be to God that He brings us back together and, 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 and how He blesses. But even back then, I remember thinking, we need to, to ask God to position us for the future. What is God desiring for Columbia Baptist Church to be? What does God desire for us to do? And so we went before the church and had the, a committee of people put together to begin to pray about that and talk about that. And, and this building team came together and we prayed and, and asked the church to pray and put, our, put their names in the bulletin, the whole thing. And we felt as though one of the aspects of this new building program was to renovate our children's area and to take all of our children's activities up on the second floor bring it down to the first take our fellowship hall our offices our library and just turn all of that into a very safe very large healthy space for our children we continued to pray and god led us to consider well if our Fellowship Hall and, and all of that uh, and, and library and all of that's going to be renovated, then, then, then what else would we need? Well, then we would need a new fellowship space. And so we began to pray about a new family life center and a gym where we could have sports activities and sports outreach activities as well as a larger place to fellowship and, and, and even have a, not only a kitchen in there but a stage so that we could host outreach events and worship events and even be a, a worship space for us in the, in the future if needed. 
So we just began to pray about that whole process. Then we thought, well, if we're renovating the first floor, moving the offices up to the second floor, and taking our library, and where's the front door to the building? Where's that connection space? If, where is that place where people can meet and where they can sit and they can talk and connect? And what's a front door for our church? And we prayed and asked the Lord about a welcome center. Our, take our current library, put it in our current welcome center and, and have a new welcome center right outside this wall here. A place that would be a place of connection where people could come during the week, where people could fellowship in that 30 to 45 minutes after things end to have a, a natural gathering place where people could just sit and pray and talk and connect and just have that front door also for brand new people who don't know where to go, don't know where to park, don't know what's going on in the life of our church to let that be a hub, a centering place in the life of our church. We prayed about all those things, brought all of that to the church. And the church was excited three and a half years ago about moving forward with those plans. Church, we have a lot to be thankful for. And when the Bible says give thanks in all circumstance, it doesn't just mean when the project is finished. It means to rejoice and give thanks in all circumstances that God led us of all churches and at all times to do these projects for His glory and for the future generations until Jesus comes again. Give thanks in all circumstances that God desires to use us and to bless us and make us a blessing to Adair County and the ends of the earth. Church, when you think about giving thanks in all circumstances, have you had some circumstances in which you don't want to give thanks? Have you had some moments in your life where you're struggling with saying, God, thank you for bringing me to this challenge? Because maybe bringing me to this challenge strengthens my faith. Maybe bringing me to my knees because I'm overwhelmed with details and frustration and questions, maybe that's the point. The point is to be on our face before God. And maybe God allows certain challenges in our life to strengthen our thanksgiving, to focus our rejoicing, to lead us to be people of prayer. Maybe it's not the end result that is God's ultimate plan. Maybe it's the actual journey to get there. See, sanctification, personally, is a process. You don't just wake up one day and you're there. Oh, God, thank you for making me all that I needed to be. No, sometimes you've got to walk through the muck and the mire to get to where God wants you to be. And guess what? As a church, sometimes we do that too. But thanks be to God... We can rejoice always. We can pray without ceasing. And we can give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because of number four. 
And number four tells us, this last verse says, do not quench the Spirit. The word quench in this verse means to put out, to extinguish. Do not extinguish the Holy Spirit. If God is working, if God is moving, if God has His fire burning somewhere, don't walk up to it with a water hose or a bucket of sand and try and put it out. Fan that flame. Watch that thing burn. Let it get and grow as high as possible and do nothing to put it out. If there's ever a strong word for the life of our church, not just today, but every day, is do not quench the Spirit. Let's be people that say to God, God, if you're moving, all I want to do is fan the flame. God, if you're doing something, all I want to do is to be where you are with what you're doing and celebrate the fact that you're allowing me to be part of the process. There was a guy who was born in 1860 named Rodney Smith. He went by Gypsy because he was in a family of gypsies. Gypsy Smith gave his life to Jesus at the age of 16 and traveled the world bringing the good news of Jesus Christ to different places, both in England as well as in America. In fact, he crossed the Atlantic Ocean 45 times in his life. There were a group of men that asked him one time, Gypsy, tell us your secret. I mean, every place you go, it seems like revival breaks out. How do you make that happen? Is it your preaching? Is it your style? Is it, is it the, 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 the moon? What is it that makes revival happen? I'll tell you what Gypsy's answer was. He said, go in a room close the door take a piece of chalk and draw a circle on the ground stand inside that circle and ask God to revive everything inside that circle that's how revival starts That's what we're going to do today. I'm going to ask you to consider standing inside the circle. I don't know how God is moving in your life, I don't know what God is doing. I don't know what God wants you to do. I don't know if it's an issue of you just don't want to or you just don't feel ready. But when God asks you to draw a circle and stand inside that circle and just pray, 
God, would you revive everything inside that circle? Regardless of what others do, this is what I know that God is leading me to do. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask anybody who wants genuine revival to come and stand inside of one of these circles and just ask the Lord, revive everything inside the circle. For whatever reason, God is leading you to be revived. You have a personal relationship with God through Christ. You can't give an answer for what others are going to do. You can only say, God, would you do this in me? God wants to change your heart, and you're unwilling to change, stand inside that circle. God wants to use you in a certain ministry, and you don't want to, stand inside that circle and say, God, would you make me willing? You have an attitude that's not healthy. You have a, a habit that's not healthy. You have something that is dividing your heart. Stand inside that circle and say, God, would you do a work in me? If you have no relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I'm going to be standing here. And you come and take me by the hand and say, Pastor, today I want to give my life to Jesus Christ because Jesus gave his life for me. And I want to be made new. I want to be made alive. Friend, the only way that you can be revived is if you've been made alive in the first place. And so I want to ask you if you need revival, if you have been born, born again through the Lord Jesus Christ and you need to experience revival, these circles are here for you. Would you stand with me as we pray? And after I pray, if the Lord's leading you to experience revival, to give everything you have to Him, then I'm going to invite you after I pray to come and stand in one of these circles and just pray. God, do your work through me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in such a powerful way. In the life of our church, God, regardless of any obstacles, regardless of any questions, regardless of what you put before us, great ministry opportunities, great outreach opportunities, Father, certain projects you've given us, whatever it is that you're calling us to be, God, we want to give you everything that we are. And Lord, if there is just one other person in this place who needs revival, would you place them inside one of these circles, and Father, would their heart cry out to you, God, revive everything inside the circle. Take all of me, and may it all belong to you, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.